This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason. And with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. What is going on? Not a whole lot. We're uh, been a little while since we had our last show. It took a little break. We got uh, our batteries recharged and uh, diving into part two of a topic that we explored a couple months ago. It is looking at the regular season champion and I guess we're sort of throwing out a what if scenario here as to what if the playoffs didn't exist or what if, uh, if you prefer, what if we decided that the regular season was as or more important than the postseason? So we're declaring the champion based on the regular season standings and see how that uh, throws uh, off uh, NBA history. Yeah, it, it's a pretty fun exercise if you didn't catch our first episode. And it was it was very well received, too, which is cool, because we, we thought it was a really cool concept as well. And it seemed like everybody, uh, the, the listeners really enjoyed it as well. But yeah, it's just kind of a way to kind of look differently at NBA history in a way that like, hey, you know, if the playoffs never happened and if it just, you know, whoever was the best regular season team, if they got the rings, how would that sort of change some legacies, change some histories, change a lot of stuff? And, and a little caveat that we mentioned at, 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 on our first show is that like, we can't like, we can't like retroactively be like, oh, well, LeBron James won, you know, a title in Cleveland. So now he's not going to leave and go to Miami. Like you're going to still see that sort of, of course, these player movements are going to happen. We can't actually change NBA history, but uh, it is still fun to kind of see that and see the scenarios that play out uh, by using regular season uh, records uh, instead of just the postseason. So it's it's made for a fun exercise and we're going to wrap it up here and then actually look at uh, all time, like teams that lost titles, teams that still have not gotten any titles, teams that that benefited tremendously from this, uh, you know, exercise. So it'll be cool to see how that all kind of wraps up. Yeah, so we're referring to the regular season championship as a pennant, borrowing a baseball concept for those uh, who did not listen to the first show and are confused if we throw around that term. That's what we mean. And yeah, and, and as Rich talked about, yes, there are we are aware that if this were really the way that things had happened, it would change a whole lot of other things. Which, but we just like to uh, save it for this because that would introduce too many variables into <laughs> it, which, which would you know we'd be here for thirty hours talking about it. More than that, probably. So no one wants that. So. Uh, we are going to begin with uh, 1980, the beginning of the Bird Magic era, and the uh, I guess usually, uh, of course, Magic is thought of as the ultimate winner of those battles, but we're going to still see, see here at the moment that that is going to be changing a little bit. Yeah, Boston finally gets the title. You know, geez, these guys have been waiting for so long here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Boston gets the title here in 1980. They have a record of 61 and 21. They were a 7.37 uh, in SRS, which is tops in the league as well, which is a new champion, though, which is pretty cool uh, here. So they kind of uh, they, they get the first leg up on the Lakers here. Uh, just to kind of give you an idea of other uh, teams as well. Uh, the Lakers, they're 60 and 22. So they finished just out of the uh, the lead there uh, in Philadelphia, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, they were 59 and 23. So right there on the, uh, you know, on the cusp. But uh, yeah, this is Bird, uh, Tony Archibald, Dave Cowens, uh, Cedric Maxwell, uh, Pete Maravich. So it's a, a pre-Parish and pre-McHale uh, Boston Celtics team that gets the title here, so, which is kind of cool because it's kind of the blend of, uh, and we talked about in our first episode of, of you know, Dave Cowens getting his title um, in, in our exercise. And in here, you know, he gets a title, you know, his second one uh, with his Celtics team. And then Bird, of course, gets his first one and kind of kickstarts that dynasty, quote unquote. And we'll see how it kind of plays out through the rest of, uh, the rest of the 80s as well. Yeah, and uh, a couple of other notes. Yeah, as you talked about, this is actually Boston's first championship since uh, 1973 because they, that was their last regular season championship. And uh, Kareem, although he does not win here, he did get a championship in 1977 with the uh, Lakers. So uh, his third pennant of the uh, 70s. But there are not going to be as many coming uh, as we uh, move forward. And into 1981, we uh, had a tied record of 62 and 20 between the 76ers and the Celtics. The tiebreaker goes to the Sixers who had a better SRS so we have a new champion of 1981 
and of course, this Philly team, you got Julius Irving, you got Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, Bobby Jones, and Daryl Dawkins. Uh, and uh, Billy Cunningham, after getting a title as a player, now is a title as a coach. So keeps racking uh, up uh, those uh, championships. And um, Boston denied a back-to-back championship. And, uh, and and the Lakers, much like this regular season, also uh, don't uh, – much like this postseason would happen in real life, uh, don't, quite, uh, don't quite do it this year. No, they don't. But uh, 82 we go now for the next year. Boston, once again, the champion. So they're just barely denied via the tiebreaker. Uh, a three. I, well, I don't want to pay Mr. Pat Riley. So they, oh, no, three no, no, titles in a row yeah, thing. Right. Repeat. Yeah. Uh, Boston, they finally get back to the top after having to wait an entire year. Uh, Bird wins another title early, early in his career. So it's kind of interesting as well. By 82, Bird's already got two titles uh, in this exercise here. So that's, uh, that's a pretty interesting way to look at it. Uh, and this is the Boston team that we're used to now. You got Parrish. You got McKay. And, of course, Jason's favorite player in history, Danny Ainge, finally gets his ring. The first of, unfortunately, many, Jason. But Ainge! <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. So, and as you note, you know, Bird now has two championships uh, early on in his career, and Magic so far has a zero. So that will uh, flip there, of course, in NBA history. Uh, 1983 proceeds as it did in real life. The uh, 76ers adding Moses Malone win 65 games, first in the league. This is uh, Julius Irving's second NBA pennant in addition to his one ABA pennant. So still the same number of rings, just uh, got them in a different way than unfolded in his uh, in his actual career. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how uh, the change is a little bit for Irving. I, I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, this way just seems a little bit more like he'd I, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I feel like he'd be more well received. It's not that Julius Irving isn't very well received or whatnot, but I don't know that right. people consider him like an all-time winner. Whereas this, you know, in this little exercise that we look at here, you, you know, you might be able to make a better case for it than you do in real life. But uh, yeah, not that that's a case that I really like to hear from anybody. But uh, right. I, you know, I, I've heard it and I, and I get it that like yeah, maybe you know, amongst the birds and 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 and, and the magics or whatnot of the '80s, you know, he obviously he gets his few ones there. But yeah, it just feels like he's a little bit more more of a winner in, in this exercise. Does it feel the same way for you too? Yeah. I mean, the NBA accomplishments are always weighed by a certain crowd. A lot of historians a little bit more heavily than the, than the ABA accomplishments sure. are just, just because, you know, the, the history league's more familiar. We've seen more. Um, and, you know, the eighties are a much more known time than the seventies in a lot of respects. So I, I think those all are happening, you know, and, in real life, Irving was older than Magic and Bird. So, you know, at this point, he's not quite as good as those guys were, you know, because they're just really emerging into their prime. Both of those guys also happen to be historically great at a very young age. And, you know, Irving's like, you know, uh, eight, ten years older than those guys were. So it's, you know, it, it he was a different point in his career. He wasn't going to be quite as dominant, even though he still was, you know, a great player, you know, up until this point. But he was, you know, a, a level below them at, at this point in their at, during the time overall you know it's it's kind of a different thing but i definitely think the perception uh is that way and it it might change a little bit given the fact that he you know gets another gets another uh ring in the nba uh speaking of another ring 1984 the same champions the boston celtics went with a 62 and 20 record they were also tops in the league in srs at 6.42 uh they had dennis johnson which is a huge addition both in real life and in this exercise and yeah it's pretty simple they win the title again so yeah Three out of four, as we uh, so certainly, uh, or I'm sorry, three out of five uh, championships, and 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 a and a tied for a first place finish as well. So uh, definitely very lead up there. Uh, 1985, it continues uh, with 63 wins. They are actually uh, they had a better SRS than the previous year, but they were third in the league. Milwaukee was your number one team in SRS in uh, 1985, which uh, is fun. Uh, that means that they are the new champion. They. Um, Finished one game ahead of the Lakers, which is the second time that had occurred in the previous five years. And this means, of course, that uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar do not win titles in 80, 82, or 85. And uh, as we said, Boston, four out of the last six years, Bird with uh, four titles, and Boston just uh, you know keeps uh, racking them up. Yeah, thankfully, 1986. Oh, wait, no, Boston won again. <laughs> 67 and 15. The same champion that we had in real life. Number one in SRS as well at 9.6. Uh, Bird has five pennants in seven years. McHale and Parrish, obviously, they come to the team. Now, they get four and five. I mean, the Celtics are the dominant dynasty of this era, of the early 80s. I mean, they are absolutely, you know, I mean, the 76ers come in with a, a, a couple titles, and the, the Lakers, we're going to talk about here in a bit, they do finally emerge uh, here in the late 80s, but, I mean, the early 80s is dominant by Boston. I mean, five and seven, this is, uh, this is quite the run for the Celtics. Absolutely. 
1987, the Lakers uh, do finally get their first uh, pennant. Uh, 65 wins, 8.31 SRS, first in the league. Uh, this is Kareem's first pennant since 1977, so 11 years uh, since he'd had it now his fourth overall, and Magic gets the first one of his uh, career in his eighth season. So uh, yeah, that's definitely that's a huge, so, huge shift. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. go ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to say, yeah, a huge shift for him, you know, in, in right. terms of the perception of his career, you know, not, instead of getting one in his first season and, you know, three in his first five seasons to get wait till 87 to get one is, um, you know, obviously still a great player. But that, that totally, I think, changed the perception of him and, and the way that you know, perceive uh, Magic versus Bird. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, it's not even a competition. Like, Magic's maybe the guy who, after years of kind of the Jerry West figure of this, where it's like after years of suffering, he finally gets his title, versus like the guy that's neck and neck with Bird. Like, Bird is the the unquestioned, you know, you know, beast of the 80s, the unquestioned star. And, and Magic's kind of this, like, you know, I, I don't know, this like tragic figure that just gets really close but just can't do it or whatnot. It's it's so weird and so interesting. And I wonder, you know, obviously there were there were times that we've had the entire episode where we talked about Magic requesting a trade and kind of the the, the you know the, the issues that he had in LA before they started winning or whatnot. This would be a fascinating experiment too to see if he would be able to kind of hang around uh, through the entire eighties or if he would go look for greener pastures, like go to Milwaukee or something, you know, I'm gonna go to Milwaukee and, right. and change their fortunes yeah. or whatnot. I mean, yeah, it's still you know, you don't want to leave LA, but like, you know, not winning any of these titles and coming as close as they did every single year too would just be it'd be fascinating to see in real time and i think the real guy though because we're gonna talk about in a bit and and thankfully he starts getting a few more of these uh is kareem though who just at this point yeah we're looking at the first pennant since 1977 his fourth overall though so it's not like he was he was you know but but his career feels a little bit different if like he goes you know the entire almost the entire 80s and we'll talk there there's obviously the next year uh but really it's weird that yeah he's got such a huge gap between winning those and 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 i wonder what the purpose the real reason is just i guess the west being a little tougher or or Boston just being a great regular season team but it's incredible to see uh the dominance that they've had yeah and really honestly the um the east was generally the better conference in um you know because you had Boston Philly and Milwaukee and the Lakers I mean you know the Suns were good for a while the Rockets were obviously good for a while but but definitely the the stronger depth was in the east especially early on in the uh, decade so it is kind of interesting that the Lakers underperformed relatively in the um you know at least compared to the celtics the celtics yeah. were you know the better regular season team obviously you know throughout here uh and only slightly better a few times um so you know it, it, some of this is, is very you know just if it, a game or two were different this would this would definitely change this exercise a little bit but um yeah it is interesting how they um you know regular season the lakers did not you know, even though they were first a lot of times, they did not generally perform as well. First in the conference, they were not, you know, first overall in yeah. the uh, NBA. So, uh, so diving into 88, uh, the Lakers do re- repeat, not uh, not three in a row, um, 62 and uh, 20. They were actually third in the SR- in SRS in the league. Uh, number one was Boston, which really kind of shocked me in 1988, that, which was kind of right after the Celtics were really, you know, Bird w- was aging. Uh, a little bit, you're dealing with injuries, Mikhail the same way. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that in 88 that the Celtics had the better SRS than the Lakers did since we kind of think of the Celtics as, as being done as championship contenders at this point. Uh, and then this is um, Kareem will we'll play another year, but this uh, is his last championship, five pennants instead of uh, six rings. So, I, I you know, not really a, a big change, I guess, in, you know, his perception is not really going to, you know, shift that much with with him with that but that's a slight slight difference obviously yeah we talked about in our our, our first episode with you know the milwaukee thing may have went a little bit better because they were way more successful in this exercise than they were you know in in real life you know matching up and 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 getting the playoffs with kareem obviously in in the fold but then you know not ultimately being able to to capitalize and win enough titles where in this exercise you know they won a few more titles in milwaukee so you can kind of say okay maybe it's the thing where he would have maybe stayed in milwaukee like i think he probably would have left regardless and and but it's just kind of interesting that yeah we're seeing a shift of when all the titles come a lot more of the titles come in the 70s and then he kind of catches up in the late late 80s but uh yeah as, as opposed to his real career where he kind of spread it out a little bit more but uh yeah it's still still awesome that he still gets the five pennants and six rings i mean it was a little worried there you know by 1986 you're like oh no kareem's not gonna get any more titles but he eventually does get a few there uh and the lakers start to kind of put together a little bit of a, a run here it's like yeah you know magic's starting to get his titles maybe he's now becoming and emerging as like that that secondary star uh, uh to a larry bird so it's cool to see that yeah, absolutely. 
1989, as in real life, uh, the Detroit Pistons win a, a championship, 63 wins. Uh, they were at a 6.24 SRS, of which only a fourth in the Cleveland number one in SRS uh, <laughs> that season of all teams. Uh, Mark Price, you know, and uh, you know, bringing it there, uh, Brad Doherty, Larry Nance, of course, those guys. Um, but uh, but as we'll see with the next season, only one championship for the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a little bit different here in history. I mean, they 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 win this one, and they don't really win it very dominantly. I, I'm surprised that SRS number them being fourth uh, in the league in that. I mean, but but again, the wins wise, you know, it's 63 wins. Obviously, they are the most dominant team, and they get their uh, their title. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's not gonna happen for very long because 1990, it is back in Los Angeles. Uh, the Lakers with a 63 and 19 record uh, are the new champions. Uh, they have a second in the league in SRS, uh, 6.74. Your number one team is Phoenix. Pops up there for, I believe, one of the first times, in, or at least the first time in quite a while there for Phoenix. Uh, Lakers uh, earned back a title that they lost in the early 80s. So, uh, you know, an interesting way to kind of look at, look at you know, this is one that they, you know, in real life obviously lost, and, and, and here they get it back. So it's kind of a cool thing there. Magic gets three pennants for his career uh, versus five rings because this is going to be it for the Lakers and it for Magic. Uh, fall short of Bird in that standard, but still a pretty good career there for three pennants, especially in the late 80s. But uh, as we said, it kind of changes the, the dyna- dynamic a little bit, whereas he doesn't feel like he's, you know, neck and neck with Bird throughout the 80s, but maybe he catches up at the end of it and, and you know, people regard him as, okay, you know, maybe it looked like he was going to be, you know, a guy that, that, that flamed out or he just didn't quite get it done. But by the late 80s, uh, he does get done uh, a few times uh, this year or the few times in his career. And then, um, interesting, we mentioned Phoenix there. Uh, first in SRS, but they were seventh in win-loss percentage. How does that happen? What's what's, what's old Cotton Fitzsimmons? Yeah. He was a coach there, right? Cotton Fitzsimmons at that time? Right? He was, yes. Yeah, yes, what the hell is he doing yes. out there? I mean, you can't do that. Like, what, what was their expected win-loss? They were supposed to be 59 and, and 23, and they were 55 and 27. What are you doing, Cotton? Come on, man. That's... Uh... Yeah, it's it's a little uh, a little crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a you know uh, Kevin Johnson, Tom Chambers, uh, Jeff Hornacek, uh, Dan Marley. You know, really good team. Then they actually beat the uh, Lakers, uh, beat them four games to one uh, that year. That that was the first time the Lakers lost in the uh, um, you know had not made the finals in a long time. So that was a that was a that was a real shock. But so that team yeah, definitely had a lot of talent despite yeah. being the record underdog at that point. But uh, I blame, yeah, I blame the, Armin Gilliam. I, I fully I, I Armin Gilliam right. seems like I, I blame him. So that's that seems like a I, I blame Mike McGee personally, but you know, whatever, <laughs> Mike you know. Yeah, yeah, it's Mike true. McGee, yeah, it's a really you know. good man. I'm looking at this team. This team is awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah. wish I, I wish there was more stuff in there. You got Chambers, as you said, Chambers, KJ, Hornacek, Eddie Johnson, Dan Marley. Even the bench guys are pretty cool. You got like uh, yeah. uh, Tim Perry, a guy we've talked about before, or Kurt Rambis <laughs> coming off the bench, Andrew Lang, who was pretty fun yeah. too. So, yeah, damn. Good team, yes. Uh, Going to 1991, uh, your new champion, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, preventing the uh, the Bulls from uh, winning a championship by having the uh, better regular season record of 63 wins. Uh, they actually were second to the Bulls in SRS uh, with 8.47. That's a, still incredibly high. So Clyde Drexler gets his championship. Yeah, there you does. go. There you yeah, go. Nice. nice. Their second ever regular season championship, 13 years after their first since they won in 78 in our uh, exercise. Uh, yeah, so Jordan and the Bulls, the rise at the top of the NBA is delayed. Uh, Portland beats the Bulls by two games, and uh, Danny Ainge uh, gets another championship since <laughs> he, he was on the his team. way in there, so, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, you I don't know, kiss the that, rings. I, kiss the rings, Jason. <laughs> kiss that's the like ring. five for him, isn't it? I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. don't think he's all the way done either. I think he might oh, that's, oh, that's that's very sad. <laughs> All right. Well, you, maybe you should take the next one. Well, I yeah. prepare myself for that. Yeah. yeah well, you, you contemplate life. Well, 1992, right. uh, the Jordan dynasty finally begins. The Bulls finally have their title. Jordan's first pennant. Uh, they win 67 games. They are first in SRS at 10.07. This is a very good team in real yeah. life and in our exercise as well. Um, Bulls finally make good on the rise of Jordan, and the Chicago era begins. Or does it? We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, first ever championship for the Bulls franchise as well. Uh, and what's interesting, uh, the Bulls just barely squeaked by here. They uh, won the championship by uh, the or the pennant I should say by a mere 10 games 10 games the next closest was Cleveland at 57 wins so yes the Chicago Bulls team good <laughs> very very good yeah uh, yeah a, a extraordinarily uh, deep uh, team the uh, able to uh, able to do that obviously with uh, obviously with Pippen and Grant and all the all the great role players they were able to have uh, BJ Armstrong you know John Paxson uh 
93. Uh, the Bulls fail to repeat because the Phoenix Suns have your best record of 62 and 20. Uh, and actually, they were third in SRS to the uh, Sonics. So, not even the best SRS team, but they do get the best record. Of course, this is Charles Barkley's first year there. He gets his elusive ring. And as you mentioned, Danny Ainge yes. gets another one. <laughs> Danny. Yes. Danny winner. Danny's- all-time, great be- all-time great winner, Danny Ainge. I mean, uh, it, it's unquestioned. I, 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 I mean, so. There's that's, nobody that's better right. in NBA history yeah. than Danny Ainge at this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Be- better than Michael Jordan only had one ring at this point. Exactly. So, yeah, that guy's yeah. a loser. Danny, gotta yeah. get on Danny Ainge's level, man. It's, right. What six? I think we have for him right now. So right. Yeah, the He's Bulls gonna- win. Yeah, the, the Bulls win five fewer, or excuse me, ten fewer regular season games. They're third in the league behind the Suns and the Knicks. Uh, and yes, the the Suns uh, on. Like in 1990, they significantly outperformed their expected win-loss that year. Yeah, so uh, we, we mentioned a few years ago where Phoenix, you know, they should have won 58 games and won 54. I forget the exact numbers, 55 or whatever. Uh, here they outperformed uh, very well what they were expected to do. They were expected to win only 57 games, uh, and they won 62. The Bulls were expected to win 58 games uh, and won only 57. So not a huge difference, but they, uh, you know, finished where they went with a few extra wins, and that was kind of the difference between, you know, back-to-back uh, titles for the Bulls and kind of a blip in the radar for the the, the early 90s because we're going to talk in a bit, but that's it for Jordan and the Bulls for a while. Obviously, in real life, he 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 departs, uh, does his first retirement, and this is that first era of the Bulls, and it's they got one title with Jordan. That's it. It was a dominant title, and they looked great doing it. But that's it for them until uh, we'll, we'll we'll pick them up, uh, you know, in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, how does that change a little bit of the dynamics of a Michael Jordan here? Like he loses to Portland, he loses to Phoenix. He's got his one title, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's not really the yeah. it's not the same idea. You know, the the aura of Jordan isn't quite there. No, absolutely not. Yeah, you, you have that three-peat that so much feeds into the dominance. And he's obviously just as great of a player without it. But um, but but still, that obviously changes um, a lot of things about what we consider about Jordan, about, you know, him being in a lot of people's mind the unquestionable, you know, greatest player ever. I think it it, it, it changes a lot of that stuff. I mean, he still has, certainly has a strong argument, and, and it's going to, you know, later on, he's going to uh, build on that argument. But it's uh, it, it definitely... You know, shifts the tide for sure. Absolutely. Uh, also, we should mention uh, the Suns. This is their first championship as well. So the franchise finally gets a ring yes. after uh, many, many years of uh, of suffering. Yes, in- indeed. So, uh, 1994, your uh, Seattle Sonics, uh, 63 and uh, 19. They, uh, of course, a new championship is crowned. Uh, and they had, did not have their championship of the uh, 70s, so finally they get it in a 94, of course, led by Sean Kemp, uh, Gary Payton, and uh, Detlef Schrem. Uh, and yeah, they they were pretty uh, it was a pretty dominant performance. Sixty three wins. The next closest was was Houston at fifty eight. Uh, the Suns dropped fifty six, and the Bulls still won fifty five, but but fell obviously with the absence of a Michael Jordan. Um, and the expected win is was sixty four for the Sonics, so they were only one game under that. They were uh, first in SRS, second in defensive or second in offensive rating, and third in defensive rating. So. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy how dominant they were in the regular season, which, you know, made the fact that they lost to the Denver Nuggets in the first round, you know, really, really wild. I mean, this wasn't just they, they were they weren't fluky at all in being that first seed. They were very dominant that season. So the fact that they you know happened to lose to a you know, pretty mediocre team with a uh, with, you know, great defensive players, a big man. It just uh, it was it was wild. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about this a little bit in uh, we did an episode, I think about a year or so ago, where we talked about, you know, the number two team of the 90s. Like, yeah, we know the Bulls are the best team of the 90s or whatever, but who's that number two? And and we made a pretty big argument for for Seattle doing that. And and this is the year that we point to. It's like, yeah, they lost and it was huge. And it was a, the biggest one of the biggest upsets in, 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 in NBA and maybe even sports history because this team was great. Like this team had all of the makings to, to, to make a huge run, maybe make an NBA finals, maybe win a title as well, especially with Jordan out of the, the you know, out of the league and and Houston, you know. Still, you know, and and Houston was a great team, obviously. And we talked about them, you know, winning, you know, 58 games or whatnot. But it felt like Seattle. I mean, that's, you know, first in SRS, second in offense, third in defense. Like, this is an all-time great team. A team that feels like they should have made a, a gigantic playoff run. May make it to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe maybe make it to the NBA Finals. And they're out in the first round, which is just nuts to think about. And and, and a huge, I mean, a whole giant change of the guard if, if, if things go a little bit different here. Uh, and Seattle does not fall to the Nuggets in that first round. I mean, just so much of history, I think, could ch- could could change. I mean, it would be a really, really uh, dramatic difference here. But um, 
I should say. Speaking of dramatic differences, 1995, a brand new champion, the San Antonio Spurs, 62 and 20. They're fourth in our SRS though at 5.9. Uh, number one team in SRS is Seattle, so no, uh, no huge hangover for Seattle. They're right back there in 1995, but of course they uh, do not win a title. Uh, again, they don't go back to back. And we always kind of talk about on the show that the Spurs dynasty, you know, the quote dynasty, however you want to clarify it, and we've also have an episode on that of how you kind of clarify a, a, a dynasty. It began much earlier than the Tim Duncan's and the you know even you know from everybody kind of looks at oh Tim Duncan gets drafted, the Twin Towers, the him and and, and Robinson, and then obviously you bring in Ginobili and Parker, and that starts kind of the quote unquote dynasty. This team was great before that, and this shows it as well. By 1995, they're already winning. You know, pennants here. Uh, David Robinson leads the upstart Spurs. Uh, this is the first uh, pennant for uh, the Spurs as well. Uh, Spurs they really close uh, to the Utah Jazz. Utah has six. 60 wins this year. Uh, San Antonio, of course, with 62. Uh, Phoenix, uh, the champions of 1995, they make a case as well. They kind of pop back up here, uh, getting 59 wins. But, of course, uh, San Antonio too much to uh, to put down there at 62. Uh, Robinson wins MVP and leads the Spurs to top five finishes in offensive rating and defensive rating, uh, despite having the league's fourth best SRS, as we mentioned. Uh, and executive Greg Popovich gets his first title as well. Executive. Not coach. Executive. executive yeah. Greg Popovich, yeah. which I always find very weird and interesting but yes he is an executive and he gets his first ring and maybe his last well little teaser there yeah right uh 1996 uh michael jordan first full season back with the bulls and uh of course you go 72 and 10 you probably <laughs> yes. and they absolutely yeah. do so uh 1180 srs uh they get their second championship of the 90s uh breaks a streak of three straight championships won by the western conference and uh uh, Seattle, who in most years, 64 wins would certainly be a, 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 <laughs> yeah. a good chance of winning a pennant, but eight games behind the Bulls and their record-breaking regular season win total. And um, <clears throat> the Bulls, you know, they were first in offensive rating. They were first in defensive rating and by far first in SRS. It was uh, pretty much a blowout. Yeah, that's uh, no no real debate here for anybody. It's, uh, it's the Bulls. Yes. And uh, 97, uh, once again, the Bulls, uh, not... Not not too much of a f- fall off there. Sixty nine wins and uh, ten point seven SRS, uh, and then yeah, finally you know this Jordan guy. He, he, you know he, we knew that he could win one, but could he win back to back titles? Well, yes, he can. He can win back to back pennants. Uh, the <laughs> Jazz, Jazz there five games back at sixty four wins. Again, they and most years would have certainly done that. Uh, the uh, the Bulls failed to win seventy back to back, but you know that's still a pretty good consolation prize. Uh, the uh, the Heat were the best team in the other the second best team in the Eastern Conference with 61 wins and uh, the Bulls not quite as dominant from 96 but they were first in offensive rating fourth in defensive rating and again first in SRS. Oh, what so, happened to the defense guys? Come on, Jesus. I know <laughs> these lazy yeah. bumps. You know you went 72 Rot- games. Yeah. It's hard to motivate these guys again. They only in 69 this time, which is I mean it's nice, yeah. but you know it's not you know not enough there. And then uh, you know, fourth in defensive rating. Jeez, I, uh, right. Yeah, Come on, Rodman Dickie Party Simpkins, let's go. Like, yeah, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Luke Longley, a bum. All right. right. Uh, 1998, we have a tie. Oh, that's quite fitting here. We'll talk about this in a bit. Uh, Chicago uh, and Utah, both 62 and 20. Sorry, Jazz fans. The Bulls with a 7.24 SRS beat the tiebreaker, which, oh, geez. That's so fitting given how this... This finals ended, unfortunately, here. Uh, Jordan still manages to get the second uh, three in a row there. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get the first. Uh, he ends with four right. pennants, though, obviously, before uh, he did not win one as, as a member of the Wizards. We'll just uh, we'll spoil it there for you a little right. bit earlier. Right. So this Thank is it for Jordan. I know he comes back, but I, I unfortunately, uh, the Wizards did not win a, a pennant in the uh, early 2000s here. But, uh, yeah, so four for Jordan. How does that sort of change the dynamics there? Because I think... You know, I don't know if it changes a ton because he comes back from the second retirement and just dominates. You know, you know, in a lot of ways. But without that first, you know, three in a row, that, that's uh, I don't know. It, it 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 it's certainly different, right? You know, you're gonna. Um, I think Jordan's takes a little bit of a hit, and I think Bird's raises a lot because of the dominance there. I mean, yeah. Bird ends up with more rings in his career than Jordan, which you know is just a uh, just a completely different kind of of vibe. And I I think. It now instead of you know Jordan being like you know ahead above these other guys who are kind of considered in that club, I think he's now like right there among those guys and still maybe the favorite in a lot of people's minds. But I just I don't think it's quite as strong. I, I think the fact that he ended his career on such a strong note, I think certainly you know boosts things. But I think that it's definitely you know it, it, it's definitely a little bit lower for sure. 
Uh, right. So some other stuff about this 1980 thing uh, needs to win a tiebreaker, uh, of course, to do it, which I said is very fitting given how the finals ended with the uh, dramatic shot. But uh, Jordan does get it done. Uh, and right on the heels of the Bulls, uh, Seattle still alive there with 61 wins. Uh, the Lakers also as well. Kind of interesting. People forget that this team was uh, pretty good as well uh, at 61 wins. So one of the tightest races we've seen in years. I mean, there there are there's obviously a tiebreaker there at, at 62. And then right on the heels are Seattle and the, and, the, and the Lakers. So kind of interesting to see that. A lot of dominance out west as well with those three teams just really really uh, uh making good cases as well but uh, yeah they have been pretty fun but uh the bulls stick to history here and get their uh the dominant team of the late 90s but uh a little change in the 90s but uh we're gonna move on and, and get to the modern years quote unquote yes right start the the starting the uh, millennial well first week at 99 of course the lockout season uh the uh and and we have a tie uh, at 37 and 13 we have the spurs and the jazz and the spurs uh win the srs tiebreaker uh 7.12 uh and then of course in the actual nba this felt like the beginning of a new dynasty of course the spurs had won a title in, in 95 uh but it, it's obviously a different feel with um robinson getting back to the promised land with his new twin tower uh, tim duncan and and now uh you know popovich gets a pennant as a coach instead of just as gm and yeah the uh the jazz it's really rough for them Aww. you know they lose <laughs> two back-to-back tiebreakers the franchise still does not get a you know <clears throat> a championship either way we look at pennants or we look at uh you know nba titles they they don't get it there uh and this of course being the lockout season the race was very close the uh trailblazers uh, were right behind them with 35 wins indiana had 33 wins so that's a uh that, that that's tight and the championship goes back to the west after three years in the east with uh, chicago yeah, it's going to be a while, unfortunately, until it goes back east because uh, yes. 2000, uh, we have the Lakers back at it. Uh, same champion that we had in real life. Uh, they have six, seven wins. Uh, they're first in SRS at 8.41. So, yeah, uh, only one ring for Kobe and Shaq together, though. Well, uh, a little bit of a spoiler there, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, the West makes it two in a row. Uh, and a pretty dominant win for the Lakers this year. They are eight games better than the next contender. Portland, who uh, is interesting. They always seem to be in the mix here. We always kind of mention Portland, but ever since that title in 1992 or the pennant in 1992, I should say, uh, they haven't really uh you know obviously i haven't made it all the way to the top there but they're always kind of in the mix there uh as far as the lakers though they were first in srs first in defensive rating and fifth in offensive rating uh and phil jackson gets his first title as a member of the lakers uh and his fifth title overall obviously combining those uh his run with the bulls and now this run with the lakers so uh but uh interesting there for the only the one for shaq and kobe um a little bit of a spoiler there to give you some new champions coming up in the next few years but uh i find that very interesting as well yeah, yeah, and uh, we get to the uh, next. Uh, dethroning the Lakers are the Spurs, at fifty-eight and twenty-four. Uh, first in SRS, uh, David Robinson is going to later retire with three rings. Another spoiler, but different years than he won them in real life. Um, and yeah, also similar to the real life Spurs is that they have trouble getting championships in a row. They're going to win them intermittently throughout the years here, but you know, there's going to be the, the knock on their quote unquote dynasty is the fact that they, you know, never put them back to back or you didn't, you know, kind of stretch them over a long period of time. But again, also had, you know, regular season excellence for a long period of time, but rarely first more usually second or so. Um, the, uh, the Lakers in real life, they were the real life champs. They were third with 56 wins. Uh, Philadelphia also 56 wins, uh, that year, um, which kind of surprised me. I I always thought of the Lakers as such a heavy favorite in that series, but in terms of record, they actually were identical with the, uh, Sixers. Um, and the, uh, the Spurs were a top defensive team, which tends to be a theme with these uh, pennant winners. They tend to be number one in defense. They were sixth in offensive rating, first in SRS. And uh, they're actually their expected win loss was 63 wins, so 58 definitely underperformance. But um, it makes the fact that they had the real life sweep in the conference finals against the Lakers, you know, a little bit uh, disappointing. Uh, just given the fact that they seemed like a team that should have been more competitive with the Lakers, but uh, again, probably the Lakers underperformed a little bit that season because of uh, you know Shaq being out for a certain period of time and, and and that kind of thing. After winning that first title, they definitely the Lakers definitely uh, took the breaks off in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, and that that was kind of a common theme with them as well, and that's why you only get the yeah, obviously the one title with Kobe and Shaq or whatnot, and 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 in some ways, you know, we see that with the the Spurs as well, and we're going to go throughout the history and look at them. I mean, they're a team that now has you know, in, especially you know, in, uh, you know, in the last few years of Duncan made it obvious that they were like not you know intentionally trying to win the most games in the regular season, and instead of kind of holding things up for you know the playoffs or whatnot. So so that changes the history a little bit, but hey, you know, it's the advantage of these other teams to uh to rise up and win these pennants when the uh the the champions, the incumbent champions, get lazy here. But 
But uh, taking uh, you know, taking a look at a new timeline here, I like this timeline a lot of how these 2000s play out because 2002, the Sacramento Kings, yay, they get their title. Weber, Peja, Vladi, Bibby and company, they get the ring, uh, 61 and 21, 7.61 SRS. So, I mean, they're a worthy champion for sure. Uh, the franchise's oh, yeah. fifth championship. Go, jeez, you know, look at this Sacramento, you know. Things are, you know, everybody laughs at Sacramento, but they're, you know, they're a pretty good team there. But, uh, yeah, what yeah. Uh, you know, we're celebrating another Kings franchise championship. The banners, the history. I mean, this is a this is a charter organization in the in the league now, right? Like, yeah, first one in Sacramento, first one for the actual Kings versus the Royals. But yes, but but nevertheless, uh, first in you know forty uh, uh, forty five years or so. So that's uh, but but yeah, that that definitely we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we get through you know the numbers. But uh, yeah, that's it's definitely a huge shift both in you know how this individual team is perceived you know they're they're the classic like you know almost got there but didn't quite get there behind the lakers and now you know the franchise as a whole and the team of this season you know, get seen as a whole new light because of you know what happened here yeah, and this is an awesome change too. I mean, nothing against the Lakers, but I think like we all kind of. I mean, I, I I always rooted for this, and I think most people listening to this, unless you're a Lakers fan, well, that would have been pretty sweet for the, the Kings to win it. But uh, Rick Edelman, yeah. uh, he picks up another ring after winning one in Portland all those years ago, so pretty good for him. Uh, the actual champion Lakers, they're pretty close. They have 58 wins, uh, but the Kings have a great case uh, thanks to their great offense, one of the best in the league, and an underrated defense as well. They were sixth in defensive rating, so always an idea because they played fast, and that, that was in the days when like if you gave up 100 points, you're like, ah, these teams no good. They they're not good at defense, and it's like, no, but we're fast right. and we're scoring a lot. So it took a little while. It was not until like really the post-Dantoni Suns years where people realized like you can give up a lot of points, and it doesn't matter if you score a lot of points. And it took a little while for people to kind of get that. But uh defensive already does a good job of uh, of showing that. And the Kings, a, a pretty good defense uh per 100 possessions. So they're sixth in defensive rating. Uh and yeah, pretty cool that they get their title here. And I like I like I even like more how this 2003 plays out. Yeah, this is uh 2003. The uh uh, we, have, we have a tie for best record of the uh, Dallas Mavericks and San Antonio Spurs at 16-22, but the Mavericks win the SRS tiebreaker. So Dirk Nowitzki, early on in his career, gets his first championship. The uh, And the Spurs, yeah, they, they, they come close to uh, doing every other year type deal, but they fall to the upstairs, upstart Mavericks in uh, this season. And yeah, this really shifts a lot of different things. And I think it's interesting because, you know, Dirk's, championship in 2011 and the Mavericks that that came after so much like heartbreak and so many close calls with the Mavericks and so much angst that you know when that moment finally happened it was really special for a lot of reasons because of all that pain but here it happened so quickly in his career you know doesn't have the chance to have that you know um a tough time and um you know, it, yeah, this is definitely, you know, this was not a you know, particularly strong uh, defensive team, but, uh, you know, they they had a lot of weapons. Of course, you know, Michael Finley, uh, you know, Nick Van Exel, you know, a lot of a lot of fun guys on this team. A lot of, you know, the another team that kind of, you know, obviously the um, the we think of the seven seconds or less Suns as the one that heralded the style stylistic change but you know these Mavericks and those Kings teams you know kind of were you know the initial fuel for that and then it you know kicked up a notch definitely once um you know uh at one seven sections less and speaking of that Steve Nash gets his first championship as well uh on this uh team as well can't forget him of course you know really important um part of this team as well yeah, and uh, the Kings, the defending champion Kings, this is a nice little ring to it. Uh, there, uh, they finished second in SRS, but only have fifty nine wins, so they fall here, uh, one back of title contention. Also fitting that. Uh, they lost to Dallas in the Western Conference semis this year as well, uh, Sacramento. So it kind of works pretty well there. But, uh, yeah, this is a nice little change of NBA history. And like you said, that 2011 title just feels so much more different. And we'll see if they can uh, hold up their end of the bargain uh, in 2011 here in this uh, exercise. But uh, we got another new champion here in 2004. The title's finally back in the East because the Indiana Pacers, baby, 61-21. and 21. They are fifth in the league in SRS, though, this year. Uh, San Antonio, number one in SRS. But uh, Indiana does it. Reggie with a Laker title. I mean, this is totally different and and imagine as well because obviously there's uh, some circumstances that would come the, the the following year but you know imagine how differently we think of guys like a Jermaine O'Neal even a Ron Artest even a Steven Jackson like all four of those guys a Reggie and O'Neal and Artest at Jackson I mean they they feel so much more different if they just get this title in 2004 especially Reggie I think as well because it's just like the culmination of what's been a pretty good career and 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 the whole 
things surrounding him would just be totally different as well. And then Jermaine O'Neal is kind of the upstart young superstar gets a title here pretty early as, as like kind of the leader of this team. And, and our test is kind of the backbone of defensively. I mean, it's just, it's totally cool to see kind of, you know, the difference here. And, and I remember this as well. And I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, like I really love this team. I thought this team, you know, in, in, in real time, as I was watching them, I felt like this is a team that's going to like just shock the world and win the title or whatnot. It obviously didn't happen this year. And then the next year, what was so disappointing is because the malice came and it's just like, Oh man, like this, they, they had, built up such a good team and it's such a solid base and all that sort of stuff and then obviously the malice and the palace happened and 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 some heartbreak with that involved and it just kind of all came crumbling uh right away but yeah they get the title here in 2004 and that's just a totally different vibe for reggie miller isn't it oh absolutely yeah and, and, and jermaine o'neill too i mean people kind of forget that he was like a top five mvp candidate for a year or two i mean he was really he, he was kind of in that company it was a relatively short time uh, and he, you know, he kind of fell off later on in his career. Was more of a journeyman, but but he was definitely he, of the guys who were most affected by what happened there. I mean, not necessarily reputation wise, but just like you know, their career was like way different after it happened. I, I feel like O'Neill may have had the biggest effect of anyone, you know, with a you know a, a deep involvement in that brawl, maybe more than our test in Stephen Jackson had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's an, unfortunately a guy kind of lost to history because, uh, yeah, he never was able to kind of get back, you know, in terms of like win shares and, and, and value replacement. I mean, there was a year, I mean, 2003, he has a 10.5 win shares. The next year he has a nine. And then he could just never really get back there. I mean, obviously the Malice in the Palace year, he misses half the season. He only has a 3.8 win shares. And then he's just like perpetually kind of injured and you know he's he, he never gets over five i don't think it's oh no he did one year in miami he got over five but i mean then we're talking already he's already kind of went be bounced to miami then he did like you know he's in boston for a few years which i don't even i barely remember and then you know phoenix and then like his one year in the wars he became like as you said kind of the journeyman and it's 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 fascinating to see how much different his career may have been if 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 they win this title and then maybe the the, the malice thing doesn't happen or whatnot but just uh yeah totally different uh dynamic here with with, with indiana uh larry bird uh, gets a ring as an executive as as well so Larry Bird racking up the rings there uh Rick Carlisle doesn't have to wait another decade to cement his legacy because he gets a ring here as well uh and Indiana really overperformed their expected win-loss percentage or win-loss record uh, this year they were expected to have 58 wins uh they have 61 uh I did mention as well that Indiana fifth in SRS which is interesting uh they're behind the Spurs the Timberwolves the Kings and the actual real-life champions uh the Detroit Pistons uh as well in SRS uh and as we mentioned too the East finally takes back the title after five straight wins out west and uh, but it's not going to last long. Because oh. 2005, the, the West is going to take it back. The Phoenix Suns with uh, 62 and 20, 708 uh, SRS. They were second in the league to the Spurs. The Spurs keep getting these SRS titles, but not having the best record. Uh, Steve Nash, two rings on two different teams. Uh, I guess it's vindication for Mike D'Antoni that uh, seven seconds are left. It, it does produce championships. <laughs> yeah, could win in the playoffs. Yeah, 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 right. Absolutely. Or the regular season. That's what. Uh, yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> Our playoffs, yeah. the regular season, of course. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. The regular season are the playoffs. It's <laughs> it's confusing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, however, yeah, the the Suns were seventeenth in defensive rating, so so not above average here, but uh, but they are so far ahead of everybody in offensive rating that it didn't particularly matter. They were um uh second in SRS uh, surprisingly as the uh the Spurs made a run uh at it but couldn't come up with the exact number of wins fall slightly behind the uh Suns that year Dallas also was very strong that year it was a pretty tight race for the regular season championship um and then you know the, the fact is that, you know younger Amari Stoudemire Joe Johnson even Sean Marion have uh you know get a championship all relatively early in their career and uh Jim Jackson at the end of his career yeah, so little, Jimmy uh, ring Jackson. too so yeah there you go so he he known for something other than getting traded all the time yeah exactly and uh I wonder if Robert Sarver's not cheap and actually uh re-signs Joe Johnson but uh, I'm sure he's probably cheap uh, he's I'm, probably I'm gonna yeah, guess that yeah, history no, no. cannot make Robert Sarver not cheap so I'm sure we, that we, he yeah they sold Rajon Rondo still for, you know, a million dollars and traded, you know, or, or didn't sign Joe Johnson because he was cheap. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure right. that probably still happened, even though it worked out OK in real life. Some of those moves, but uh, yeah, the, the, the Roosters yeah. came, you know, it eventually came uh, to, to bite them in the ass. And now Phoenix is yeah. Phoenix. So. No matter how many parallel universes that we, you know, end up, you know, having throughout <laughs> the entire galaxy, all of them, all of them have ISO Joe. So they all, <laughs> yeah, but they all lead it's all, to it's all. Mike Woodson crossing his arms and Joe Johnson dribbling for 20 <laughs> seconds of a shot clock in Atlanta. It was just we had as, to have that. Was, we we did. Destiny. We absolutely had to have that. That's, that's, what, that's what we had. There, there, there's no way of avoiding that. No matter what we do, no matter how we try to change the timeline, it's not going to happen. So uh, 
Fresh move on. I, oh, the good yeah. old days of my son Joe. Anyway, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I have a fun story. I'm gonna tell you off air a fun story about uh, Joe Johnson as well. But uh, anyway, oh, nice. yeah, it's a good. I can't tell that story because I'm like revealing oh. like very, I think very personal information. I, that's a terrible tease. I should have just not said anything and just told you out of that. But maybe maybe one day uh, I'll bring up the story. But anyway, uh, 2006 right. here. That's a what a tease. What a terrible tease. What a terrible right, podcast host. Yeah. Uh, 2006, the Detroit Pistons. All right, so they didn't do it a few years ago, but they did it this year. Interestingly enough, in 2006, uh, a new champion. Of course, they win. 64 uh, games this year. They're second in SRS to San Antonio. You know, if you guys just really tried a little bit harder, you know, win a few more games in the regular season. Like, the Spurs are the team. They're coming at like 15 championships at this point, but they keep screwing it up. They're always in SRS, but never uh, in record. Uh, Detroit wins the title with Flip Saunders. Uh, this is Ben Wallace's last season with the Pistons until he'd, of course, say, I'm going to move bigger and better things with the, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. I'm going to go see what Scott Skiles is cooking there in Chicago. But, uh, yeah, it uh, uh, took a <laughs> few years. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like it's yeah. really going to work out well. Uh, it took a few uh, years, of course, to match up, but uh, Detroit does get the ring with the uh, obviously the Rip Hamilton, the Chauncey Billups, uh, the Rasheed Wallace uh, mini dynasty rotation on Prince, we should mention as well. Um, it was not quite the crazy upset of the big four Lakers, but uh, done with dominance though at 64 wins. Uh, Spurs, once again, as we said, make a run at it with 63 wins, uh, but uh, unfortunately do not top the Pistons, who are fourth in offensive rating and fifth in defensive rating, too. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing, too. I think we always remember the Detroit Pistons as being, you know, a, a team that just mucked it up or whatnot and was great at defense. They were good at offense, too. I mean, they weren't, like, you know, the most exciting offense, and the league wasn't very exciting at this point either, but, you know, they were fourth in offensive rating for whatever that is worth. Uh, an actual champion, Miami, is not even in the picture. They finished fifth in the league at 52 wins, so they're just a non-factor completely in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2007, uh, the Dallas Mavericks win their second championship, 67 wins, uh, 728 SRS, second in the league, two. The Spurs, you guessed it, the Spurs again. <laughs> they would be so good. Jeez. Uh, yes, as that's the fifth year in a row that they, uh, uh, the fourth year in a row that they managed to have the SRS crown but not have the best record. So, uh, yes, and Dirk's uh, second and uh, last championship. Uh, that's uh, that changes a, a lot for him, I think, because you know he has more rings. But the fact that I think the way that he won it, and the fact that they toppled the big three Heat in such a memorable way, I think actually. I, I think this way of winning it, even though it's more championships, I think it hurts him in a way because the story is not nearly as exciting or good. Yeah, you know, it, I, it's not that like kind of movie esque, like oh my god, after years of heartbreak and people making fun of him and the no, you know, no D and Dirk and all that sort of stuff. And then yeah, the, 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 it's not only the you know the Mavs winning that title in two thousand one and and Dirk finally after years and years and years of of going for it, uh, and even guys like you know Kid and stuff like that was just a remarkable team in terms of the guys that that were able to go on that team and and make it all work. But the fact that they did it against like the Heat. And, you know, the team that like, you know, co- 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 you know, collabed to like come together and, and, and destroy the NBA. And like the Mavericks are the ones that like save the NBA from the heat, you know, the virus of the heat. But, like that's how it really I mean, people kind of lose that to time because now, you know, people have kind of softened it a bit. But I mean, there was vitriol towards I mean, I don't have to tell you, but like not only LeBron, but just that heat team in general, like people could not wait. So like, you know, Dallas, not only, you know wins the title and, and defeats the Heat, but they become like the the de facto, like, you know, America's team. Like, everybody was rooting for the Mavericks. Everybody wanted to see somebody knock them off. Everybody wanted to see Dirk get his one title. So, yeah, there's so much, like, you know, story to that 2011 thing. And then this time, it's like, hey, yeah, just wins two titles. You know, good team, <laughs> good player. Like, I don't know. It does, yeah. It does, even though he would have that one more ring, it just doesn't feel as as triumphant as it would have, uh, or how it is in real life, I should say. Yeah, and you know, 2006 with the Pistons is, I guess, a little bit of the same because the fact that they, you know, as you talked about beating, you know, the Lakers and basically ending that dynasty, you know, in, in an upset in a series, uh, more memorable than, um, you know, what would have happened here. Obviously, I guess, you know, you're you're taking out the playoffs out of the equation. You're lacking the, you know, the playoff. You know, what we it would be interesting to look at what we might remember in the regular season because it would it would change kind of the whole things. I mean, obviously the the moments in the regular season would matter more, but we wouldn't necessarily know it at the time. It would become you know if it were the end of the season and there's you know you're you're in a race and you know two teams are close and one wins that you know an important late season game. The importance of that is understood at the time, but you know something that happened early in the season that you know later became very important wouldn't always be known. So it obviously change the thinking on a lot of levels 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun one there. But uh, now we move on to 2008. Same champion, the Boston Celtics at 6'6 six, six and 16, 9.3 in SRS, tops in the league as well. Uh, Boston's really the unquestioned champion here, both in real life and in our pennant uh, exercise here. And they deserved it. First in the league in SRS, uh, propped up by the league's number one defense. Also 10th in offensive rating, but I mean, the league's number one defense in a lot of ways. I mean, they were a great team, yeah, of course. Yeah, by a mile. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and of course, the, you know, the Garnett, Allen, uh, Pierce, you know, the big three there uh, get their title. Garnett obviously gets a uh, uh, gets a title finally Ray Allen I believe his first title as well and then Paul Pierce of course uh, his first title uh, and the uh, what is it the seventh now for Danny Ainge now he gets one as an executive too so. oh boy <laughs> <It's> too many <laughs> but I think uh, yeah I Boston's oh, sorry go ahead yeah I would just say, I don't like this anymore. I don't think we should do this anymore. <laughs> this is the end of this. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, this is a terrible, terrible <laughs> timeline. I need to delete this terrible and never mistake. have it happen again. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Boston's right. first title since 1986 as well. So they're back uh, back on the leaderboards there with, uh, with yeah. Boston. But uh, there's a new champion emerging from the East that we're going to talk about here in a sec. Yeah, 2009. We uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, 66 wins. Also first in SRS with 8.68. Uh, LeBron gets his title and doesn't have to go to uh, South Beach to do it. He uh, manages to do it in Cleveland. And this team, I think, gets lost a little bit in terms of how great this team was. You don't have a lot of teams that win 66 or more games. Uh, But part of it is obviously because it's a great team because of LeBron James and the surrounding cast. You know, some some good players here. You got some Mo Williamses. You got your Zajunas Ogaskis. But you do not really, you obviously don't have that, uh, you know, second all-star type player that, uh, I mean, I I guess Mo Williams is like an all-star one time. But, but, you know, like a perennial all-star, you know, awesome sidekick type thing. Um you know, and the fact that they were upset by a really forward-thinking um, Orlando Magic team, you know, with a four-out kind of stretch offensive style, you know, they, they definitely were a team that was capable of winning a championship. I mean, you know, they um, they were good enough, and I, I don't think they necessarily were, you know, constructed. You know, they weren't flawlessly constructed, but they weren't like a flawed team. They had some pretty good, you know, role players around there. They had, you know, they were, you know, a, a really good defense. They were, you know. Um, they were third in the league in defensive rating, you know, fourth in offensive rating. So they were a really good balanced team. Yeah. They just happened to, you know, run into the wrong opponent at the right time. Yeah, this is a team that I always wonder that even if they had made the finals, like things would have been a little bit different. Like I don't know that they would have been able to beat the Lakers, you know, like Orlando, you know, obviously went up against the Lakers and 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 you know, didn't really stand much of a chance either. And that might have happened in Cleveland as well, because like you said, you know, the best second best players like Mo Williams, who, you know, Mo Williams is good, but it's like, oh geez, like that's that's gonna be tough. Like, but LeBron was so good at this point too, at, at only twenty four years old, that like you almost can construct a, a narrative in your mind where he just goes out there and just dominates, you know, the Lakers and, and wins the title, you know, almost single handedly, which would totally change, you know, the perception of LeBron in a lot of ways and and yeah this is a team that like we did get kind of robbed of like a Kobe LeBron you know finals because Orlando was was so good and and so kind of forward thinking in that sense and that's you know if you go back and watch those games you'll see like oh god like they're they're ahead of the game in a lot of ways in terms of you know Dwight Howard being the lone big man and then you know your Anderson you know or, or uh, Richard Lewis at like your four you know reigning threes you know Turgaloo playing the power forward reigning threes like just a lot of great stuff going on there in Orlando and it's just kind of one of the fun teams but uh anyway we changed history we get the Kobe Shaq you know maybe possibly uh, here, or we just get Cleveland with their win, and LeBron doesn't go to Miami, and everything's all well, or whatever. But uh, yeah, Cleveland wins with the uh, top SRS, as you said, the uh, six six wins, uh, fourth best offense in the league's third best defense uh, as well. As said, LeBron at age twenty four becomes champion, and uh, the good news as well, Cleveland finally gets their first title. So uh, good for old Cleveland there, and uh, they go back to back. Two thousand ten, sixty one and twenty one, uh, six point one seven in SRS. So they're second in the league to Orlando, which is interesting that Orlando does it there. Uh, two rings for LeBron. Back to back for him uh, this year. They have the league's second best SRS, the sixth best offense, and the seventh best defensive rating. So, um, pretty cool there. And I think the uh, the real thing that we're going to want to talk about here is that Kobe does not win another title, and he only has one ring. Jason, the narratives. What do you do? I know, and we didn't really talk about it either. But Shaq that leaves him with only one in his. Well, you know what? I take the back because he doesn't. He not win a championship with the Cavs in in 2010. So that's a second ring. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't even think about that until just now. But uh, that's uh, that, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think it's it's bigger for Kobe. I think because he's judged on a bigger level. He's judged more for the rings, I think, than um, Shaq is. I mean, you know, they're they're part of his legacy, but I think. It, it changes more for Kobe because that's so much about like his argument and his persona and, and all that sort of thing. And yeah, the fact that he would only have, you know, one for his uh, career, that's definitely, um, 
that changes a lot of things. That's definitely a, a huge difference, I think, in how he's perceived versus, you know, the the five championships. That that whole army of uh, people who you know want to put him in the top tier of all of all time players. That's a huge part of the um, argument, and there's other stuff there too. You know, yeah, obviously, you know, tremendous scorer, tremendous all around player, but um, yeah, that that's that's a huge one. That's going to shift a lot of narratives. That's for sure. Uh, and LeBron at age 25 now with two titles. He's kind of building up uh, a little bit of a mini dynasty there in Cleveland. But it is broken up by the team of my heart, Jason. 2011 and 2012 back-to-back champions. Your Chicago Bulls, baby. Tom Thibodeau. Whoa. All those wins, racking up all those wins and making everybody die in the regular season was worth it because he wins back-to-back titles. I used to joke with my friends like, because I was of, like, I'm the school of Popovich. Like, who the hell cares, man? Rest up your guys. Like, let's see what we can do in the playoffs. Not Tom Thibodeau, man. Tom Thibodeau wanted to win every single game. Like, it was game seven of the NBA Finals. Uh, and it pays off in our exercise, baby, because 2011, they win 62 games. Uh, they're second in SRS uh, to Miami, but we get a new champion there. They topple the heat. Uh, and then they go back to back they win the next year as well uh, at 50 and 16 is obviously the lockout shortened season uh, but they are first in SRS that year at 7.43 so they uh, they really really earn it there in that second year but uh, yeah Bulls uh, first title since 1998 and they become uh, I think a, a bit of a different franchise as well with now two different title runs it's not only you know the Jordan years that everybody kind of looks back on but now they've they've done it again you know post Jordan and, and with a totally different crop of guys and with obviously you know Tom Thibodeau who, who won you know a few years prior with Boston Celtics as kind of their defensive specialist now he goes to Chicago and wins you know two titles here. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of different stuff that comes up with this, and I like this exercise again. Yes, sure, <laughs> maybe Danny Ainge got a lot of titles, but my Thibodeau Bulls got two titles, so that's all that matters, baby. All right, well, Rich, if you're happy, I'm happy, and yeah, <laughs> the, the the edging there, the uh, again, the this the Spurs um, managed <laughs> to. Uh, I managed to lose another uh, attempt at a championship because of, in this case, it's tiebreaker. They were only 0.15 difference in SRS between the number one, number two teams, which I think is the closest we've ever had one of these tiebreakers, but both having the same record, but the Bulls getting it. Um, I don't want to talk about what it means for a certain Bulls legacy, but we can talk about, you know, anybody else. Uh, you know, obviously, Kirk Heinrich, it's going to mean a lot there. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. He's, he's an all-time yeah. winner now. I mean, he's yeah. he is the scrappiest you know? winner of all time at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Joe Kim Noah, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of good players for the Bulls yeah. there. Well, I mean, Derek uh, Rose is, is definitely a guy that you well, look at, that, too. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, holy crap. That, like, that's you know, the guy. Yeah. That's the guy I didn't want to talk about, but uh, – because of the other Derek Rose stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I know, but yeah, yeah it, does, it definitely yeah. does. I mean, this this is like you know, especially at this age. I mean, he is you know the, the youngest MVP in the league, and like that that pops right. up, and then now there's like holy crap, like this guy. And and what's cool too is like we're seeing kind of the young players of the league, the ones that we you know we pegged as the stars, and you know one obviously became you know a gigantic superstar, and the other one is is Derek Rose. But like you know uh, LeBron with right. his two titles at, at age 24 and 25, and now you know Derek Rose before I think even his 25th birthday, he's got two titles too. So we're seeing the kind of the young guns of the league sort of emerging here and winning titles, which I think is is pretty interesting. And uh, LeBron's not going to be done, though. No, he come back with Miami now, of course. Uh, 2013, he uh, he's able to win a uh, win a pennant uh, with a 66-16 and 16 record, a 7.03 SRS, second in the league to OKC. Uh, third ring in his career, so he manages to have the same amount, uh, but uh, in a different way, of course, with two with Cleveland instead of two with Miami. And, uh, and of course, the Cleveland one in, not, in real life coming much more dramatically than it, than it did here. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the Heat had the league's second best SRS, but was second in offense, ninth in defense. Uh, LeBron, of course, has now has titles for two different franchises. Yeah, I so, guess those, I, you know, losing those two to the Bulls really, you know, broke him. Like, you know, he wins two with Cleveland. Yeah. It's like he's Cleveland's son, but man, those Thibodeau Bulls really pissed him off. And he's like, screw this. I'm yeah. going to Miami. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know, I, would he be hated more if he like won two titles and then bounced? Or do you think like, I, I don't think so. I, th- I think that they'd no. be like, you know what? We got our two titles. We're Cleveland. You know, we'll take anything at this point. Like, it's fine. You know, I, I feel like he's hated less if he decides, you know, after those two years to move on. Because then it's just like he could just be like, I just like warm weather. And they're like, yeah, yeah I mean, you already won two titles, man. Go get the warm weather. It's cool. Like, go ride your bike on, you know, Miami Beach or whatever. We, we would we'll, we'll be fine with that. So I, I think that would definitely have changed his legacy a lot if. uh uh, if he had done that with after you know went into with uh, with Cleveland there, but uh, let's move on to 2014 here. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, there we go, baby. They finally got it, 62 and 20. Kawhi Leonard finally says, "Hey, can we just freaking win enough games for the season, guys?" Uh, they're tops in SRS as well at eight, uh, so they're the best team in the league in both wins and uh, SRS. Uh, Duncan though uh, inexplicably ends with three rings. He lost two to tiebreaker and four additional SRS titles. Jeez, like 
man, lazy bum just win a few more games in the regular season, man. Come on, right? Yeah, jeez, work a little harder. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a different. I mean, it's it's still a good legacy. Obviously, three rings for uh, rings for Duncan is pretty good. But in our thing, he's like an all time like you know. I, I don't know. He's an all-time like bridesmaid still because he would have been like, man, you could have won like ten rings, but instead we won, you know, only only three there. But uh, no, otherwise, you know, 2014, Kawhi Leonard gets his first ring. Also, I, I think this is the most interesting thing: the first ring for Parker and Ginobili, 2014. That's yeah, fascinating. They wait yeah. all that time right. to get their one ring. So. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and then we we go into uh, things are going to sound pretty familiar here. The, uh, uh, we can't escape. We goes, tried. We really tried, yeah. but you can't. I mean, you can't escape it. Yeah, Golden State Warriors over the next three seasons, uh, pretty much going to just completely dominate the league. 67 wins the first year, 10.01 SRS, um, and uh, they reign supreme all-time great regular season team and a great postseason team with the top SRS, second best offense, first in defense, first in expected win-loss. Uh, and then they're going to get, well, I guess they're not going to get Kevin Durant quite yet. They're going to get the next season, 2016. They're going to, of course, win 73 games with, um, <clears throat> actually only slightly better SRS than 10.38. Um, but, uh, they don't have the opportunity to blow a three, one lead and, uh, they get their second, uh, straight, uh, pennant and culminate the r- greatest regular season in, uh, history, 73 wins. Again, top uh, SRS, first in offense, fifth in defense. A slip a little bit there, but I guess the first in offense was so uh, tremendous that they <laughs> yeah, when you're winning to, uh, by 25, it's fine. Yeah, like, yeah. right, it is fine. Yes, and uh, they, they actually were not tops in the league and expected to win loss because that went to the Spurs because the Spurs actually were incredibly great yes. that regular season as well, like 67 wins or something, and you know, really very very close in uh, SRS. But the uh, the Warriors got them slightly for sure. Yeah, and then 2017. This, uh, sorry, we tried, we tried it. it, it eh, just wait though. There's, there's a surprise yeah. at the end. There's a one good right. thing that comes of this. Uh, the Warriors once again win the title. Uh, this is kind of boring. Of course, they went three in a row here as uh, the first, uh, you know, three consecutive championship runs since uh, the Bulls did it in uh, 96, 97, 98. So we broke up a little bit of the, uh, you know, the Lakers obviously didn't do it in the early 2000s, but the Warriors do it here. But Jason, they're not going to win four in a row. Nope. Not gonna happen. Your your Houston Rockets, the uh, the they they spoil. We can say the four peat. That's not trademarked at yeah, all. Yeah, no, we Hopefully can say four peat. Yeah, screw you. Yeah, four peat. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Sixty five wins, eight point two one SRS, uh, and uh, yeah, they the league's top offense, sixth best defense. So there you go. D- you put putting the D in D'Antoni uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> tops and expected win loss. Uh, both James Harden and Chris Paul get their first championships of their careers. So. Uh, it's all glorious in Houston. The Rockets, uh, they, they, I believe that's the Rockets' first championship as a franchise as well because they, of course, didn't get in the Akeem years, which we, we kind of glossed that over a little bit. Yeah, oh, right, 94, right. 94, yeah, 95, yeah, yeah. did not get their championships. So, um, you know, that would, uh, changes a lot for Lajuan's career, I guess, as well. But uh, but Harden and Chris Paul get the benefit of uh, uh, finally winning a championship for each of them. Yeah, Ryan Anderson as well. Long, long away. Yeah. Ryan Anderson. <laughs> Huge, yes. Yeah. Well, we've been waiting since those magic years. So, exactly, uh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. right, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, boy, yes. yeah. Uh, P.J. Tucker finally gets the ring. <laughs> that's good. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's interesting. So, finally, yeah, somebody breaks up the Warriors here. But uh, this year, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the uh, – but I think I think Golden State probably. I will see how the things go when, once the year uh, finally ends up. But, yeah, maybe we'll get a new champion this year. We'll have to check in uh, at the end of the year and see how the regular season uh, champion uh, works out. But, uh, yeah, fun little exercise there, Jason. Yes, yeah, definitely fun indeed. And you know, looking at the overall numbers, uh, by looking at the pennants, there were forty six new champions and thirty eight were the same champions. So that's you know, more than half. But they're, they're probably, I, I don't know if I expected this to be significantly different than that. But that you know, seems like the the, the fact that uh, it, it's more than half, I think, is is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that 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 for that number of of things to be a little bit different there, the forty six new champions, I mean, really stand out to me. I think like, yeah, I mean, I, I assume there was going to be a lot more of the same champions. I I was stunned that there'd be that many, as you said, the the, the new champions at forty six to thirty eight. Like, I I really really thought it was yeah, as you said, a little closer to fifty fifty, or maybe even skewing more towards the same champions. But, but pretty fascinating because because you know, we think of the NBA and 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 kind of the common narrative around the NBA is like ah, it doesn't matter. You know who the best team is every single year, and like yeah, you might know who's going to win it, or you might have a very good idea of who's going to win the title, and there might be 
be very few, you know, teams that win it, but like it's not always the truly dominant regular season team. Sometimes there are teams that pop up out of nowhere and, and and have great runs. And, you know, this year we're looking at a potential of like the Denver Nuggets, you know, winning a ring here. And like, I don't know that anybody is going to seriously put money down to, for the Nuggets to win, you know, the NBA title or whatever. But, you know, the regular season does kind of matter. And it's kind of fun still to see that experiment and how it sort of plays out. But uh, yeah, I was surprised at the amount of new champions for sure. Yeah. So looking at the franchises with the biggest amount of changes, if you look at the amount of uh, pennants and rings per franchise, so uh, the Lakers overall, if you include the NBL, they have 18 rings, but only 10 pennants. So they lose eight uh, out of that, which I, I think is, is definitely the the biggest change in terms of uh, NBA history. The Celtics, it's similar. It's it's from 17 rings to 16 pennants, so not a huge change the the bulls remain the same with six the uh the warriors are uh, one less with five uh the royals kings franchise with a significant change they have five pennants instead of just the one championship in 1951 so that's um a big change uh you know other than that you know the the changes are largely on the the margins you know there there aren't of course you know most of the teams have not won a significant you know, number of championships more than you know there's only a handful of teams that have won more than three championships in uh nba history so you know only really a few of them are making a difference the bulls wizards franchise has three pennants as opposed to one ring um the suns have a couple of uh, pennants the nuggets have a couple of pennants they neither of those teams have won championships so you know a, a, a few shifts there, but but not really, you know, a lot of you know huge change. I guess uh, I don't know. Any, anyone stand out to you in terms of the totals? No, not really. I mean, obviously the Lakers are, are, are going to be your number one with only ten pennants, but uh, eighteen rings. So I think the, the legacy of the Lakers changes a little bit. I, I you know I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the Bulls. Uh, you know, with their six pennants and six rings, so they get to the same way, but obviously in a different method with uh, you know the Thibodeau Bulls uh, getting a few of those there. But uh, yeah, otherwise it's not too much different. I think the Royals Kings obviously is one that. It really sticks out. We talked about it earlier. They have five uh, pennants in this exercise, but only one, of course, real ring. But uh, yeah, I think what the real fascinating thing is, unfortunately, the teams that still don't have, you know, didn't have a pennant and didn't have a ring. It's it's very sad for this uh, the select few uh, group of teams here. But yeah, the the Hornets, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Magic, the Raptors, and the Jazz all no rings. Or no penance, neither one. Unfortunately, the the Hawks lose their by they they lose their ring because they did not have any penance, despite being in the league for more than sixty years. Have never uh, never won a regular season <laughs> penance, so that's uh, saying something right there. Yeah, that's it's, it's fitting for sure in a lot of ways. But yeah, uh, yeah and, and among those teams, you know, obviously the the, the Hornets, the, the the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, uh, the Pelicans, the Magic, the Raptors, the Jazz, and, and the Clippers. I mean, all have a lot of those teams all have things in common. Like they're all kind of relatively new teams. So like I don't know. Like yeah, it's not. I don't think it's too daunting that like oh my god the Timberwolves never did it I mean they were in the mix a few of those years the Jazz as we mentioned were, were pretty close a few of those years as well but you know they do stand out the Jazz is like they were along for a you know a long time and never got one and the Clippers of course as well a team that had been around for for you know many many years uh, and never got a pennant and never sniffed a pennant but yeah like it seems like the Hornets and the Grizzlies and and the Raptors and the Magic it, it's like okay I, I get it they've only been in the league you know a, a, a handful of years you know relatively speaking so I'm not too surprised by that but yeah the Clippers and the Jazz striking out despite you know being around as long as they were is definitely a, a pretty significant in addition to unfortunately the, the hawks who yeah that's, they've been around literally like since the beginning of the league and they, they never got there so all right one of these days one of these days all right well uh thanks everyone for checking us out you can find us at the step back at fansided.com you can also find us uh by looking on facebook or twitter at over and back nba and you can uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. We are there. If we're not there and you want us to be there, you should just let us know and we'll we'll get on there. So uh, hope everyone has enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.